Myanmar is a story that is not talked about enough in the media. Bloodshed, civil war, and inaction are the definitions of what is going on in Myanmar right now. And yet, nobody talks about it. The media doesn't talk about it. The government doesn't talk about it. NGOs have gone silent on it. Individuals across the world don't know that Myanmar is going through at a terrible civil war, which is costing thousands of lives. And it needs to be talked about more. Welcome to another episode of the End of Time Politics Show. And this is the second ever po- episode of the podcast, or the show, really. And I wasn't, I can't lie, I wasn't planning on making one this early on, as it's around three days after recording the Thailand episode. And I uh, hope you guys have been able to listen to that, about that insightful, I would say insightful, um, to the Thai electoral world. But yeah, so I'm filming this three days after I filmed the Thailand episode. And this is not an episode I thought I would be making this quick. Because we're going to be discussing Myanmar, specifically the civil war that is occurring right now there. And I can't lie, I was motivated to do this because of a recent Sky News like mini documentary, which I urge you to, to watch. It's about being on the front lines in the Myanmar civil war. It's, it's by Stuart Ramsey. Highly, highly recommend you watch this because it's truly insightful into, into what is going on in Myanmar and why nobody is talking about it. So let's get right into it. And I want to be brutally honest here. Myanmar is a complete horror show. The documentary showcased rebel fighters fighting the military junta in the towns, in cities, in countryside, in the jungle. It's a full-on war. It's a full-on civil war going on here, and no one seems to be talking about it. This is, honestly, in my opinion, this is almost just as bad as the Russia-Ukraine conflict, yet no government speaks of it anymore, even mention it. It's estimated around 17.1 million people are in need of urgent humanitarian assistance. This means people are internally displaced, no access to jobs, no access to food and water, no access to security and safety. They're moving around constantly because the fighting keeps getting turned away from the, the major cities and towards the jungles, the towns, and the countryside, where a lot of people live. A lot of people are just forgotten about in Myanmar. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty bad. So a bit of background in terms of what's going on in Myanmar. So in May 2021, as a result of the most recent elections in December 2020, Aung San Suu Kyi, I think we've all heard of her, she was a former, oh, I think she still is a Nobel, Prize, a Nobel Peace Prize winner in terms of her struggle for human rights and democracy in Myanmar. So Aung San Suu Kyi's government won a complete landslide in the 2020 uh, December elections, winning almost 86% of the vote in both houses. And this came at the crushing blow of the military junta who previously controlled Myanmar and pretty much did control. It was like a 50-50 split. It's, it was described as a semi-democracy. Because even though there were democratic elections occurring, the military still had a very, very significant say in terms of how the government was run. So then, <laughs> as, as, no, as per normal with military dictatorships, the military, after the election, cried electoral fraud. And not, these, these claims are not so different to the claims made by particular U.S. president. But we move on from that because it's not about the U.S. Aung San Suu Kyi was later arrested and placed under house arrest. And later, and she's, and she's in prison right now for possessing, listen to the crime here, and possessing some illegal walkie-talkies. And essentially, she didn't take her receipt from Tesco's with her. That's essentially what's going on. That's what they've imprisoned her for. And there are some other ones in concerning COVID violations, but they don't justify the 15-year <laughs> no, prison sentence. So as a result of this, people across the world, for a little while, 
cared and ple- pledged their support for the Myanmar people, for the Burmese people. So people started rising up against the military junta, including some, a lot of police, men and women, a lot of aspects of the military uh, within their own ranks. Started, uh, They created a national unity government filled with ex-politicians from the previous uh, parliament. So ex-politicians, the ex-leaders of Myanmar, they all formed together to form a, a unity government to fight against a military dictatorship. That was two years ago. So two years later, an estimated 40,000 people have died. <laughs> a country is in complete ruins, complete civil war. This is, this is bit, uh, literally a battleground. The whole country is turned into a battleground. Surface to air missiles are being used on civilians. It's, it's an absolute shit show. And the international community stay silent. Russia and China being intentionally silent <laughs> and not even commenting on the civil war. I mean, primarily due to their economic and corporate interest into the country, which is almost entirely expected. Entirely expected. I mean, <laughs> these countries, they, they use the bullshit rhetoric of, oh, we're not going to interfere in any other country's affairs, even though they, they basically are. So it's like, it's like going into the fridge late at night, eating all the cake or whatever is in the fridge, then turning around and facing your mom saying, I didn't eat the cake. It wasn't my cake to begin with, so I couldn't eat it. It's pretty silly. It's pretty silly. But what shocked me even more is, is the West. They haven't been any better. In all honesty, there's no, I mean, for the West, there's no particular interest to get involved, no particular economic, political, environmental interest. They gave a statement and put a couple sanctions on the country, which only cover at least 13% of the most important uh, individuals in Myanmar. And apart from that, they haven't sanctioned any of the the, uh, massive uh, Myanmar oil and gas companies who make the majority of the Myanmar's economy. Nobody's really taken an interest to what's going on in the country. People are literally fighting on their knees for democracy and freedom. And isn't that what the West stands for? Freedom, human rights, democracy, human dignity? Eh, Apparently not. But yeah, so Aung San Suu Kyi is imprisoned currently, and I think she's facing a 30-year jail sentence for possessing a (laughs) walkie-talkie. But the opinions on Aung San Suu Kyi have changed over the past few years, especially due to the to the Rohingya crisis and how her government handled it, or lack of handled it. Basically, Aung San Suu Kyi's government let it happen. And you need to look at it from her perspective. If she were to openly decry against the military, she would be imprisoned again, and the country would be back into the same state it was. <laughs> I mean, and now it is. <laughs> so clearly she made the wrong decision. But if you look at it from that perspective, it, it was a tough decision to make, to openly decry and say, your military is doing horrible things at the threat of her being imprisoned or killed, you know, because she's had a couple assassination attempts against her from the past few years, past few decades. But it's still not the price. It's still a horrible situation to be in where Myanmar is completely turned into a horror show. Democracy is no longer, it's non-existent in Myanmar right now. So in terms of going back and criticizing the West, if we take the the UK government's role and a post-Brexit stance of bringing back Britain to its glory days of international supremacy, of diplomacy, and days of global superpower. The South is exactly the place where we want to get involved and establish and develop relations with ASEAN. I know we just joined the Pan-Pacific uh, Trade Agreement. That's a very big, big step. But at the same time, economic interest can't be the only thing that goes on now. 
Myanmar and ASEAN countries, the ASEAN countries are Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Laos, Vietnam. So all the major players in Southeast Asia pretty much have signed up to this ASEAN agreement. It's their uh, alternative to the EU. What the UK should be doing is getting involved with these, with these countries, with ASEAN, and trying to negotiate some sort of settlement because to, to this mess. I know the military junta have pretty much not listened to ASEAN at all. But if the US, in cooperation with China, I know it's not in their interest, but this needs international arbitration or agreement that what's happening in Myanmar is, cannot continue. It cannot continue. And honestly, I mean, I would be, after seeing that early documentary, it's, it really hurt me. It really hurt me seeing that I had no idea that this was still occurring. It's just not in the news anymore. George Orwell's book, 1984, talks about the two minutes of, two minutes of hate or something like that. This is literally, I mean, it's very similar. The media cried for two minutes, two weeks, that what a horrible thing is happening in Myanmar. What a horrible thing is going on. But then they haven't talked about it since, and it's just been focused on Ukraine and Russia. I mean, that's a very important issue as well. But I think we need to have balances, <laughs> because Myanmar is not... These, the 56, uh, 60 million people live in Myanmar. These pe 60 million aren't irrelevant. They are humans as well. Just because we don't have an economic or political interest doesn't mean we should not be focusing on them. But yeah, honestly, I would suggest, and this is probably a very, very radical view, that we should we should consider sending in troops to this unity government. I mean, as 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 the UK, we've had <laughs> we have a responsibility for Myanmar. We, I mean, based on our previous colonial history and relationship with them, we have an impact and a relationship on how they are they are living to get today. So yes, I would definitely send some military advisors to the government to the National Unity Government, not the Junta, you know, <laughs> to give some support and guidance to these rebel groups and create some sort of a bit more unity and coordination between the attacks in order to maximize the effects on the military government, in order to destabilize them a bit more because they have the support of the Myanmar people. I think we need to make that clear as well. It's not like we're going into Afghanistan or something against these uh, countries, uh, these people's will. There is almost uniformity in, their, in the agreement against the military junta here. Yes, the governments had sent some breadcrumbs of humanitarian support. But where is that going, remember? We need to track where this money goes. So this $250 million I think the UK government provided for Myanmar in terms of humanitarian aid, it went almost directly to a lot of junta-run foundations and institutions. Just because it, the country is just such a mess right now that funding money and throwing money at the issue is not going to solve anything because the money is just nobody has access to money it's it, it's a whole it's a whole mess so my probably advice would be if i was in government if i was prime minister we'll increase the the severity of the sanctions put pressure on its neighbors thailand laos singapore malaysia all so-called beacons of democracy singapore at least beacon of democracy beacon of anti-corruption, following through on their democratic ideals to some extent. They have issues, but we'll talk about that later. So the, these countries need to act. ASEAN need to act because they're ultimately fighting for basic human dignity, democracy, a right we all cherish and sometimes take for granted in the West because we don't have to deal with war. We don't have to deal with anything yet. It comes to a wider moral question, I, I would say. If you have the means to, should you get involved in another country's business when you believe from your moral standpoint that what is occurring in that country is wrong? Yes, you should get involved. You should get involved in a country because if the human rights abuses or the practices of a country is so detrimental to individual well-being, human dignity, 
just overall corruption, genocide, these kind of things, they need to be acted upon. If human rights abuses are taking place on such a wide scale, that it has to be stopped. The same argument has been used for the Holocaust in the past. Some human rights abuses are too big to ignore. They're too, too big to ignore. And in my opinion, if you're a country like the West, like the UK, prides itself as being a country that believes in democracy, human rights, the rule of law, and public accountability, you need to be able to explore every possibility for protecting and expressing those commitments and beliefs, no matter the cost. No matter where you are in the world, you have responsibility as a democracy, you have the responsibility to call out other democracies for their wrongdoing. And whether or not it meets the threshold of intervention, you need, we need to get involved. I think international law dictates that, I mean, the United Nations Security Council has jurisdiction in terms of intervention, directly legal intervention. But then again, Myanmar, what is occurring there is a fundamental disregard for international law and the concept of individual freedom, individual human rights. So, I mean, I, I truly believe that you need to explore every possibility for protecting and expressing these commitments, these principles of democracy and human rights. You need to. And I know where the, <laughs> I know that the, the neo-colonialists and the leftists are all coming after me now because I know where this line of argument will, will kind of take me. The neo-colonialists will, will call me a colonizer for interfering and invading a former colony. Fair enough. And I'm maintaining the white savior concept, which I don't really buy, to be fair. But then, at the same time, and then if you don't do invade, if you don't do something, you don't invade or help intervene in this country, you're going to be blamed. You're going to get blamed for being a colonial power who caused the entire mess, and then negating any sense of personal or some national responsibility for what is occurring in the country. So it's a double-edged sword. One would say, I'm a colonizer, and if I evade, I will just further aggravate that I'm a colonizer and doing the world a terrible good. Terrible bad, sorry. <laughs> and if I don't invade, I'll be called a colonizer and a government who lets human rights abuses continue to take place. So it's almost an impossible situ uh, situation. But we're all the same. We're all humans. We're all, we all have the same blood. I mean, different blood types, but we have the same mechanisms of life. So as humans, make petitions, pressure your government, sanctions, fund the national unity government. Military intervention should always be on the table. Should always be on the table. Because otherwise you're a sitting duck. You're a sitting duck. Maybe this is a very realist argument. But if you don't have the capacity to intervene and protect your own sovereignty, what kind of sovereignty do you have? If you can't defend it and protect it and enhance it internally and as externally, what kind of what kind of sovereignty do you have? Are you really a country? I'm saying this now that the failure to act in Myanmar, but with the <laughs> with our wholehearted willingness to intervene with billions of pounds, billions of dollars across the world to Ukraine says something about the West's priorities. The failure of the world and the international community to intervene militarily in the Rohingya crisis and its neglect on uh, Myanmar's civil war is paramount to ethnic and political cleansing in my eyes. Because this is this is entire culture, entire political identity being at risk, being completely at risk of being wiped out because of, let's, say, let's face it, greed. So keep putting pressure onto the, your governments for Myanmar. Keep putting pressure, and uh, hopefully there will be some change in West, the West's response and government inter intervention into Myanmar. So yeah, um, hope you enjoyed this little rant and kind of exploration in terms of what's going on in Myanmar in terms of a social-political perspective, the, the war perspective, and interest and power, two very important points. So thanks for listening to the End of Time podcast, Goes Political, The Politics Show. 
and uh, I'll, I'll catch you guys in a bit. See ya.